Hello and welcome to NeuroShambles, the podcast that aims to shine a light into some of the murkier corners of what it's like to parent neurodivergent kids. I'm Mark Allen, and every episode I'm going to be swapping stories with my guests about some of the frankly ludicrous nonsense we have to deal with on a daily basis. So, if you're anything like me, and you're feeling frazzled, overwhelmed, and pretty much an outcast from polite society, join me. Hello, and welcome to NeuroShambles episode 8. Welcome aboard, NeuroShamblers. Uh, it's lovely to have you here uh, for what is another jam-packed episode. We uh, are meeting another guest where we're going to be talking about our topic of the week, which is um, so much fucking admin. Um, please excuse the swears, but to be honest, if you've been through the level of admin that many of us parents have been through, the swearing is entirely justified and won't come as a surprise to you. As well as that, we've got your usual classics such as neurodiversity champions tiny epic wins and somewhat the flip moments so i'll stop giving you all the preamble and get stuck in meet the guest so i am delighted to welcome another new guest to neuro shambles um this this is a guest that was introduced to me by a mutual friend of ours tom so hello tom first of all uh and i'd love to welcome to neuro shambles it is jess meredith hello thanks so much for having me hello how are you doing i'm all right thank you yeah i'm good Good, good. So obviously you're you're a, a parent of a neurodivergent child yourself, but you also have a very interesting uh, business, which I'm very excited by, called Differing Minds, um, which is genuinely inspirational. I love it. So t- tell everyone what oh, it's about. Um, yes, I mean, I have gone all in on neurodiversity <laughs> um, since I started to understand more about my little girl. But yeah, so Differing Minds is a not-for-profit social enterprise and we train organisations, so anyone that works in a workplace um, about neurodiversity so that they can kind of provide better support and have a better understanding of neurodivergent people and how to work with neurodivergent people um, in a positive way. Exactly, that's what I was really kind of impressed by is that that you're not just doing it as a box ticking exercise. It's like, actually, no, these people have skills that are going to help you give you a competitive advantage. And that's, yes, yes, more of that, please, yes. Exactly, (laughs) there's so much that I wish... I wish people would realise, and um, we are we are getting there. Um, one of the other things that we do at Differing Minds is we work in schools, so we teach teachers and we teach children about neurodiversity. And the teaching children part is probably my favourite because it, you know, they are a lot easier to teach than adults, and they are the <laughs> ones that will change the world as they get older. So yeah, hopefully, that's where I think all the focus should be. Yeah, fantastic. So aside from your your day job. Actually, your child is a day job as well, let's face it. Um, but if you d- just tell us a little bit more about the neurodivergent setup you've got there. Yes, so um, I'm neurodivergent myself, um, okay. and I only came to this realization, like many of us, um, because my eldest child is neurodivergent. So she is diagnosed autistic okay. with a language disorder, she is on the ADHD pathway. She has sensory processing disorder and she, I think, has a PDA profile as well. Right. So, yes, lots going on. Lots going Um, on there. How old is she? She is six. Okay. And what's her name? I don't mind if you want to use a a pseudonym, um, but just so I can refer to someone. (laughs) 
Elise. <laughs> Elise. Okay. And do you have any other children there? I do. Yeah, I've got a, a younger boy who is four. Okay. Um, who has some quirks that we're very aware of, but uh, currently on paper neurotypical. On paper neurotypical, undiagnosed neurotypical. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. So yeah, thanks for introducing your 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 setup. What's the topic of the week? There's a lot to talk about in this episode. I think um, we're going to be talking uh, about the topic of the week, which this week is so much fucking admin. Um, sorry, I should have done a trigger <laughs> warning. If you're if you're offended by swears, this is probably not the best episode to listen to. Um, but to be honest, if you've been through any of the kind of admin around, um, sort of trying to get support for your neurodivergent child, then you will you. You'll be swearing, I would imagine, daily. Oh, you will. <laughs> so you won't be uh, you won't be too offended by anything that, that kind of comes out of this particular episode. Um, now, I will start out by saying that what I'm not talking about general kind of logistical admin um, in in the sense of like having kids comes with admin. You know, you've got to you know apply for school places and take them to the doctors and get dentists and all of that general admin you know, that comes with children, that's obviously a given. But on top of that, if you have kids with needs and you are trying to get any kind of support for them, it is a, a, an unreasonable amount of additional admin on top of that. It, it's ludicrous, the amount of extra stuff we do. And what I wanted to do is kind of shine a light on this. And again, I'm not just talking about the additional admin logistical admin that your kid with needs has like constantly repeating instructions having to be our kids executive function guiding them through social situations there's having to pick up after meltdowns and tantrums cooking different meals the list is endless so yeah, and we're not even talking about that in this episode that is an aside <laughs> <laughs> i just needed to get it off my chest Jess. do you feel better now i do a little bit yeah this is gonna be yeah this is gonna be a bit like therapy for me I was thinking that as we came into this, I was like, yeah, I think this is going to be like a therapy session. I'm actually really looking forward to it. But this is, this is essentially what Neuroshambles is about, I think, is um, yeah. the, uh, just like just giving voice to these things. That's the thing about admin um, is that that all of us, I would think, if any, any kind of parent of neurodivergent kids is trying to get support for their kids, um, we are constantly doing admin form filling box ticking chasing stuff up right all of that stuff but it's sort of an unspoken thing like you, you yeah. don't really talk to other parents about the amount of admin we have to do because <laughs> who wants to talk about fucking admin exactly no it's it's so boring but we have to do <laughs> yeah. it yeah there's oh. only one thing more boring than doing admin and that's talking about talking the about amount admin. of admin that you've done um so so it, I wanted to just sort of speak about it and 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 say that, that other parents, uh, you know, of neurotypical kids who are listening in, hopefully, uh, could get a little sense, a little flavour of what we have to go through. Um, so in terms of the admin that you're sort of involved in at the moment, you're saying that Elise has an EHCP, is that right? She has just got an EHCP, Um about a month ago, we found out she's got an EHCP. 
Congratulations. Um, I think that, that definitely much. needs to be said because I know the, the amount of effort that that oh. It's like, you know, someone says, oh, I did a marathon the other day. It's like, congratulations. No, this is way, <laughs> way more way commendable. More. Oh my gosh, totally. <laughs> I mean, the best part of a year. I mean, it did take us a year. I applied around about this time last year. Right, okay. Um, so it really has taken a year. So, But we've got that now. Um, I mean, I'm not happy with what's in it. But, but you know, on the topic of admin, one of the reasons I'm not happy is because there's one thing that needs clarifying in it. And the person that needs to clarify it, um, the educational psychologist just doesn't respond to emails or phone calls. And I'm sure it's because she's really, really busy. But yes. I've spent my life chasing that. So we've had to just agree the final EHCP with the bit I'm not happy in, knowing I'm going to appeal it. So uh, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. fun. Um, so we've got that going on. And then I, so I'm now in the position where I'm trying to work with the school to make sure that we're doing what's in the EHCP. Yeah. And I'm also, um, next year, she'll be moving from an infant school to a junior school. So we're trying to get her a place at a specialist setting. Right, and so okay. I am in the middle of fighting for that place, hoping to find out in the next month. Wow. So that's already a massive administrative burden. I think at this point, I I should do a disclaimer here. Um, and, and the disclaimer is that although I'm talking on behalf of my neuroshambolic family and um, the amount of admin involved, I am not the person in our household that has done the brunt of the admin. I mean, I have done a lot of admin. There's plenty to go around, let's face it. Um, <laughs> There's enough for everybody. <laughs> the vast, vast, vast majority of the admin that has happened in our household has been carried out by Tam, who is unbelievable at it um so i wanted to just go on record as the, to say a, a massive thank you to tam for everything that they've done to to get all the support that our kids have got because i know how much work and how much effort and how much mental load that is um and i think it also needs to be acknowledged that the vast majority of admin for neurodivergent kids tends to be carried out by the mums um yeah I, I, I presume I'm just assuming that that's the case in in, in your world, Jess. Is that yeah, because right? I think we have a weird setup in that. So I have ADHD too, and part of that has been very helpful with this kind of thing because mm -hmm. I am kind of like a, like a dog with a bone mm -hmm. for some of these things, and I can really get loads of stuff start, like started, and I can yeah, but I'm not good at making sure we filled out forms in time or the sort of more administrative part of okay. the admin, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can yeah. do like the big stuff, can write the, you know, the applications and kind of basically put the business cases together that you have to do to get a yeah, diagnosis yeah. or a place at school. But the sort of smaller bits, and that's when Steve actually really comes into his own um, because he loves that stuff. He is like super organized. He likes like making sure we've printed it all off and stapled it together and put it in a folder. That's the bit I'm not very good at. Nice. Um, oh, good teamwork. Actually, we do quite we do work quite well as a team. Um, having said that, I have definitely done the bulk of it um, yeah. because the sort of stapling, filing away is the stuff that you can do once you've got over the massive hurdle of doing that huge amount that comes before. <laughs> yeah, you've you've basically done all the work. You've won the penalty. You've put the ball on the spot, and he stepped up, yeah. <laughs> smashed it past yeah. the keeper, and taken the credit. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I will just sort of uh, explain a little bit about 
Tam and I's so because we made an agreement basically. Uh, where Tam was um, part time when we uh, when the the kids were off school, uh, and then when the kids went to school, um, they were offered more hours at work, and we talked about it and decided that actually those hours would be better spent filling out forms and chasing stuff and doing all the admin which like so which makes it sound like uh there's uh that tam got suddenly got loads of extra time but that's not, that's not true yeah. there's there's still not enough hours in the day to do all the amount of admin there and that's also not really factoring in the constant thinking about it that that's not on the clock that's oh, constantly at, at night when you're thinking about oh shit i haven't done the ehcp a hundred percent you don't even think about that but that is such a huge part of it the the sleep that you lose or just in general that you can't get it out of your head and that like i uh, that is such a huge part of it there's this weird little admin cloud following you around (laughs) constantly (laughs) raining on your on your spa day (laughs) (laughs) oh shit I forgot to send the the evidence for the EHCP attachment. Oh. You say that, but as I mentioned to you, I had a, I was on a spa day yesterday, and um, I got a call from a speech and language therapist. And I've been trying to get Elise into speech and language therapy for ages, yeah. but there are no NHS speech and language therapists. Despite her having a language disorder, she's never had speech and language therapy on the NHS, and it's hard. It's even it's as hard to get a, a private speech and language therapists because they're so in demand as well so anyway I'm sitting relaxing on my lovely spa day and I got a call and I thought I'm gonna have to take this because if I don't speak to this woman now it's gonna be like another few weeks before I can get back in touch with her so I spent 40 minutes on the phone speaking to this woman about my daughter's needs in the middle of this lovely beautiful spa you can feel your shoulders getting stiffer again (laughs) (laughs) the effects of the massage are like wearing off (laughs) on doing all the good works Um, yeah, it's non-stop. It is, it is. So, um, you know, just a huge thank you and and for for all any parents who are going through this. I, I know, we know how much work you're going through and yeah. you're doing a phenomenal job, all of you guys, and uh, well done. It is, uh, it is gruelling and thankless. Not just, you know, from the world, but from your kids. <laughs> they have no idea, <laughs> do they? They don't give a shit. <laughs> One of the things I think as well that that needs to be acknowledged that, again, I don't think is acknowledged is I think it's the very people being asked to do the most amount of admin are the very people who have the least amount of energy and (laughs) have the least capacity to be able to do all of this admin. And somehow we're doing it. I don't know. Like, it's it's phenomenal. Um, But we're all just frazzled sleep deprived shells of humans and yet we finally get to the point of asking for help and then you've got to fill out (laughs) an 80 page document with supporting evidence and it's just like really when you you say this though I genuinely think people who don't experience it think that you're exaggerating but like this is not an exaggeration no 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 this is a serious there's an actual application that is 80 pages plus additional evidence um and also the the it's the it's it's not just box ticking either it's not just like do they do they have adhd tick you know it's like give me some anecdotal evidence about times where your child has displayed pda or whatever it is it's like a big empty box and then you're there going well i mean i i 
I don't want to put too little because they won't believe me. So I'm just going to give it all, give it to them all. And then <laughs> you, you fill out this massive, like empty yawning box of, of, um, of text. It's and crazy. Also... I, I don't know if you've gone through this, but um, so Elise is diagnosed autistic, but as is on the ADHD pathway. Mm-hmm. And if they are, I think it changes at maybe age 11. So if they go through like the diagnosis process after 11, they get screened for both at the same time, or at least you can like fill out, it all goes to CAMS, right? But if it happens the way that it's happened for us, which is we went down the autism route first. yeah, And so you fill out all the paperwork for that. We went through the two year process of getting her diagnosed as autistic. And now she finally reached the age of six, which is when you can pursue an ADHD diagnosis. Yeah. We have to go somewhere different to where we went for autism. And you have to start the whole thing all over again. And they ask you all the same questions because they've only got one form. And they they don't say, are you diagnosed autistic? Don't bother filling out all of this stuff. They just ask you all the same questions to basically screen for whether these children they think might have autism and then to send them back to the other place as well as ADHD. And there's no way of going around the forms. You just have to do the exact same thing all over again. Yes, that is the the, the lack of joined up thinking is absolutely infuriating. Uh, oh. and, and also the fact that you have to do separate pathways is is mind boggling because, you know, when we, oh. we, we got Jay was assessed for, for uh, autism initially and he is literally climbing on radiators. He's like <laughs> playing floor is lava in a quite a small room. And I'm. <laughs> <laughs> and part of me is thinking I should stop him doing that, but the other part of me is thinking you go for it, kid. Yeah, <laughs> you do yeah. it. I want him to see really you in all your glory. But after <laughs> all that, they go right. He's been signed off for autism. At no point do they yeah. then go. Yeah, let's just <laughs> while you're here, it's obvious he's got ADHD as well. Let's just tick that box and move on with our lives. No, exactly. what you do is you go to the back of the queue for a whole different pathway, and it's another. 18 months two three years however long it takes i reckon they should just get a panel of parents of neurodivergent kids in a room just like send the kids in one by one like yeah yeah that is yep autism and adhd that one's just autistic that one is just adhd that one's probably pda um (laughs) they should send us into schools never mind the kids that have been referred i could go into my daughter's class and be like that one should be on a pathway. That one should be on a pathway. That one should be on. And I know you're not supposed to do that. No. Just say we could. We could if we were called upon. Yeah. <laughs> We'd clear the backlog in no time. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought I would do now is uh, go through the life of an application. This is any kind of application that we have to do because there are multiple different types of applications but they all seem to follow a similar kind of journey through life and um so i thought you know particularly for parents uh, of neurotypical kids who might be listening in uh i want to just explain that getting any kind of support for your child is not like getting a library card <laughs> you're not just gonna fill out a form and wait for it to come back and then you, you then you can get some books out. That's not how this works, okay? It is, it is almost Kafka-esque in its sort of bureaucratic nonsense and ridiculous red tape. And I thought, I just want you to walk with us a little while and you go through the journey of an application, any kind of application. Um, so obviously the first thing you, you do is you request a form. 
right? On paper, pretty straightforward. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Because once you... <laughs> there are times where they don't just give you a form straight away. They try and discourage you from having a form. Have you ever had oh, yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Tam and I have both been on parenting courses just to get a form. To do that, but I have heard of a lot of people that have to do that. A lot. <laughs> it was like we think you might be autistic, and they were like, mm, "I don't know, you might, you might just be shitty parents." <laughs> it's like, okay, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're not. I'm quite sure we're not, but okay. Tam did it first, and I was like, "Oh fuck it, I'll do it as well," <laughs> just because they might turn to me, turn around, and say, "Yeah, he's he's the rogue parent there." So we both did it separately, and. I, you know, we know what we're doing. We do, we've done a lot of research. We've done a lot of thinking because there's a lot of background that goes into even requesting a form. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You don't just decide one, ah, fuck, I'll do it. I'm just going to get a form like you're changing your cereal. It's a massive kind of lead up until you actually go, okay, I'm going to ask for help. Then you have to jump through a few hoops to, to get the form back. Then they say, all right, we sent the form. Um, the form doesn't arrive. Very often. Right, have you had that, Jess? So true. <laughs> Honestly, when you said you were going to walk through the life of an application, I thought, oh, what if our situations are really different? This is going to be uncomfortable. I guarantee they're not, Jess. No, guarantee no, they're no, not. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the form's not arrived. So, you, so you 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 try and contact whoever it is that was sending the form via, and obviously you're ignored for ages. Um, so no one picks up the phone when no you one picks up it. the phone. No of course their not. Emails. Why would they? <laughs> <laughs> telephones are simply paperweights <laughs> and oh. uh, so you try and you try and chase them up for the form eventually you get through to them and they tell you just wait just wait for it to wipe it's on the way just wait for it um they don't give you any guidance on how long to wait i mean you know I, like the postal <laughs> service in this pro- the country is pretty good so i don't know how you're sending it <laughs> unless you're attaching it to a, a neurodivergent pigeon he's <laughs> just getting distracted the number of people that must be so frustrated with me because when I finally get through to someone on a phone I'm always they'll be like yep yep we'll be in touch or you'll get the form or you'll hear from us and I'm like sorry I'm not getting off the phone until you've told me when when do I have permission to get back on the phone again and chase you for something you're not leaving me with this indefinite timeline of it will arrive exactly, or someone yeah. will be in touch I want to hear you put it in the envelope <laughs> I want to hear you lick in the envelope. Yep, good. And I want to hear you walk into the post box. Uh, um, so, anyway, after lots of chasing up, the form arrives, and that is like oh, brilliant. The form has eventually arrived, and then you read it and you realise how much fucking work you now have to do to fill out this massive form. Okay, but you fill it out, and it could be any number of questions, and you've got to steal yourself to do that because again, we are living. Uh, a pretty fraught life generally there's not much time to to sit and fill out these forms and at the end of the day when you finally got them into bed not necessarily asleep but they're at least in bed in their rooms then it's like right the last thing you want to do then is 20 page form out yeah it's fill out a form about it but and i don't know if you do this but like you know you will have waited like you said ages to get this form and you've chased someone and you've made it seem like the most urgent thing ever and then because you get it and it's so long and you can't be bothered it will take you ages to fill it out yeah like and that's the other thing as well like the the pair a lot of parents are neurodivergent kids are neurodivergent themselves Exactly. So that's the extra, you know, kind of executive function that is re- that's, that is required. You're, it's your it's your kryptonite. 
Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think it needs to be acknowledged that filling out a form about your kids' kind of challenges is emotionally exhausting. It's really, it's draining. You're writing about your kids' behaviours and it's, it's, you're having to write like you know Otto was in floods of tears because someone used a hand dryer unexpectedly and it's it's like you're bitching about them yeah <laughs> you yeah. know and it feels horrible but uh, but obviously you need to be honest and you need to try and get them the support they want so uh you're doing that I mean on the flip side I, I find filling out those forms quite useful sometimes in understanding what is expected uh, of neurotypical kids and going oh yeah oh yeah you can't do that Jesus, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, definitely had that. Yeah. There, was, there was, um, I mean, I, uh, I don't know if you've read the Explosive Child book, yes. which is amazing. It, like, it, it's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I wholeheartedly recommend it to anyone whose kids are kind of neurodivergent. And one of the things is there's, there's, there's a lot, of, like a massive checklist of things that you tick, which are kind of presenting problems. Can they do this without difficulty? Um, and <laughs> which is that wasn't a form I had to fill out. I chose to do that. This is what it's done to me. Right? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I know exactly. Uh, but it was such an eye opener in in going. My God, I've ticked nearly everything. Yeah. Pretty much everything in this. Like these are all of the things that neurotypical kids find easy. They mm. or they don't find a challenge at all. And like. It, it, it was quite an eye-opener in sort of helping me to understand where both of the boys were at that point. Um, so yeah. it is quite useful, but again, pretty disheartening when you're having to do it. I know. And, and like someone said to me when I first started all of this, you have to almost describe them on like their worst day when they're finding things the most challenging, because mm-hmm. otherwise people don't tend to listen. And so yes. you like, you know, it not you're not exaggerating. You're just, yeah, you're just explaining what it's like maybe on like at the hardest time. And that's really hard to like, yeah, write, yeah. then read back um, and know that someone else is then going to read that about your child. So it, it, yeah, it's exhausting on so many levels, all of this form yeah. thing. Anyway, you filled your form out. You've done it, right? But that's not all because you've also got to submit evidence from other people as you say no one just believes the parents because you know we could just be making up for a laugh right just pretending our kids are autistic because it's interesting at dinner parties no we don't go to dinner parties anymore we're not invited and we're not welcome um so we're so so, boring we just talk about admin all the time exactly yeah exactly um so you then have to persuade the school uh very often uh, or other other professionals um, to submit evidence uh, such as attendance records or behaviour records or school reports or IEPs or any any correspondence. You've also got to get all that together and collate that uh, and get the school to fill out things from their point of view. Now, Tammy's a teacher. I know how hard teachers work uh, and, and how snowed under they are just with day-to-day education, let alone having to kind of pull together and collate information to support someone else's um, applications. So obviously you request it from the school and obviously nothing happens <laughs> because because why would it? You know, there's a lot going on. Then you've got to chase up the school to say, hey, we've got the, could you, you know, fancy doing... <laughs> doing the form because you don't want to be a dick about it either you know they I know I appreciate everything they do they are hugely supportive of my kids and they've got a lot going on and I understand that but also can you you know 
Yeah, just in the form. I'll sit with you. We can do it over a drink if you want, over a pint. Um, so I don't think you're allowed to do that. I'm not sure. It'll be a bit weird. Um, so obviously you've chased up the school and then eventually the school say, right, we've sent it. Brilliant. Done. Right. So I've done my bit. You've done your bit. Fantastic. Then you've got to check that the whoever you're applying to has received it. <laughs> this sounds ridiculous, but it's so true. <laughs> Don't just assume it's got there. There's like, you know, even oh. if you've hand delivered it, that might not have got to the person that needs to get it. And it might not even be in the room that they're in. So <laughs> you have to then check that they've received it. Um, and that is easier said than done because as we've established, some people, <clears throat> cams in particular, do not answer phones. It's just, is it a policy? Genuinely, it's a genuine question. Is it a policy? I don't know. That they... I have never had the luxury of dealing with cams. Okay. Um, oh, you've got that to come. Yes. I have not dealt with them yet. <laughs> but what I have is with the um, the central SEN team in the local authority. So at least there's a SEN caseworker who was working with to try and get her EHCP. Now, this person is lovely. She is really lovely. I would like that on the record. I really like her. But she's also very, very busy. And I'm pretty sure when she arrives at work, she takes her phone off the hook. Because every single time <laughs> I ring, it rings out once and then goes straight to answer phone. Um, oh, right. Okay. Every single time. And I can ring up to 50 times a day sometimes when I'm in my desperate state. No wonder she's taking um, it off the hook, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take it off the hook if you were ringing me 50 times a day. <laughs> Not 50 times to have like 50 chats. Okay, okay. Right, okay. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, maybe it's the thing that anybody that works in this arena does. I just wanted to clarify for people who don't know what CAMS is, because we do have uh, people who are maybe not in this part of the process or they might be overseas. Um, so CAMS is uh, Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services. And it's basically the institution in the UK that you're asked to entrust your dreams of finally getting some kind of support for your kid. And what they do is they work with you to take those dreams... <laughs> And then grind them into a fine powder through a mangle of increasingly absurd procedures and bafflingly pointless red tape. That's a really accurate description. Yeah, yeah. And by the end, it's <laughs> us parents need support more than the kids ever did. <laughs> that's that's what CAMS is, just so you know. So you you finally, you've got acknowledgement that whoever you're applying to has received all of the paperwork they need, okay? Sometimes the school won't submit thorough enough evidence that's happened to us before where they just they went oh yeah the, we didn't quite get what we needed from the school so what did they do do they go back to the school and say can you submit it no they fucking bin it they bin it and go sorry we haven't got enough evidence start again start again yeah. it's like the worst board game it's, yeah. it's just like you I'm just I'm nearly there I'm nearly there for getting just not even the finish just to get to the next level no start again uh so infuriating so that we had to we had to resubmit everything because the school oh. didn't quite fill out all the all the evidence that they needed at the time yeah one of the most infuriating things is that they don't they don't just open a file for your child and go anything that we get well, related to this child mm. put in this file we'll stick it in there it's a folder you know like technology exists now that you can have like terabytes and terabytes of storage just open a file with my child's details in it and anything you get pop in there then if i have to come back 
you've got it all in front of you. Don't ask us to resubmit it because as we've already established, I'm at, I'm at the end of my tether as it is. The last thing I want is to have to submit stuff that I've yeah. already done. 100%. So you eventually, at some point, there will be an acceptance that they've received all of the paperwork that we've requested, which is fantastic. That's like a major win. Okay. And then the next step is you then have to wait for them to read the paperwork. <laughs> Right. This isn't an acceptance that they're doing anything with it. This is just an acceptance that they've yeah. received it. So they then they go, right, brilliant. We've got the paperwork. We'll get around to it at some I'll point. Tell you when. We'll let you know. Um, yeah, again, yeah, no deadlines, no timelines for any of this shit. It's just like at some point, maybe a <laughs> year or so, um, then we'll send you a letter to say we've read it. And best case scenario, if they've read it, your child is now on a list. <laughs> they, they made a list. How, how many other children on the list? Oh, don't ask that. They're just on a list. Great. And uh, is that the final list? Is it? No, <laughs> not even that. Sometimes they're on a list waiting oh, yeah. to go on another yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> um, so uh, eventually, if you're lucky, you're on a list and... When you're on that list, that is that's where the phone calls happen, right? This is when you're phoning fifty times a day, or you. you this is the thing that Tam Tam was impeccable at is like monthly checks. Everything yeah. that we applied for would phone up and go, "Hi, just checking, we're still on the list, and where we might be on the list, and how close we are to maybe moving up the list." And um, and uh, what Tam was amazing at was being really friendly. <laughs> and being civil to the people at the end of the phone because let's face it it's not their fault you know i think that needs to be said that the they are working in a fucked up system the system is broken and they are doing the best they can with no resources they are they are overwhelmed and under-resourced um so the last thing they need is for you to get angry but the, the hardest thing to do is to is to to, to, to stay composed yeah exactly it because is. you're just like this yeah. the number of times i've said on the phone with the greatest of respect <laughs> <laughs> and i i just I, I i actually had a phone call last week when i said I don't mean to be rude, but I can sense you're getting frustrated with me. <laughs> you said you like, said that to her. Yeah, because she was trying to get me off the phone because I, I got bored of phoning this person 50 times a day. So I called the central line and asked to speak to her. So they, they kind of were ready to fall oh, me the off. back door. Was, nice, nice. <laughs> I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm not getting off the phone until you've answered the question. And she was just like, she will get back to you and by the end of the day. And I was like, okay, but... I don't want to get off this phone until someone's given me an answer about the lost paperwork I referred to earlier. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And it, and it's not their fault, but also like you've got your like child at the heart of it. Like if you just back off and become like the nice person, or not, it's not necessarily the nice person, the person that's just a little bit more relaxed and doesn't chase all the or things, believes them you, as well, believes well, them exactly. when they say oh, it's in the page, yeah. it's in the post, or you're on the list and we'll let you know. Um, yeah. And that's the hardest thing is to be a bit kind of spiky and go I'm not going to take no for an answer I'm not going to be fobbed off yeah. um 
and that is you know that is frustrating but but then <laughs> i guess in a way that's probably where neurodivergency actually helps your situation heidi mabel was uh, was saying this in the in the last episode <laughs> heidi was saying that she gets into a meeting and goes here is what i'm here for and then just lists the demands i, I listened to that episode I <laughs> yeah i remember she said that but you have to do that because i think i naively went into all of this when i started realizing that elise was autistic and that you know we were going to need some support and we were going to need all this stuff i thought that there were going to be professionals waiting ready to help like mm-hmm. ready to help her ready to help me ready to like give us suggestions yeah, yeah. and that could not be further from the truth like I've sat in so many meetings with school or with other professionals where they've said what do you think we should do like <laughs> I don't know like I've tried everything and it's not working yeah, yeah, I yeah. help <laughs> and so if you don't go in with a you know this is a list of stuff that I want you just have a pointless meeting it is. That's when it when it becomes sort of quite frustrating when you finally get in front of someone, and, and like you say, it is underwhelming. It's like you've just you you finally glimpse behind the curtain. It's like seeing the Wizard of Oz, right? When behind the curtain you're like, oh, you're just a tiny old man who's confused and lost. Oh, I had this meeting um, <laughs> for for transition for Jay to go into secondary school. And, and similar to you, we're applying for a kind of specialist setting um, and we needed to, you know, make the case to the caseworker. And they were, uh, they came onto the phone and, and I'm sure are great at what they do, uh, but it was so obvious how overwhelmed they were because they turn up and they're, they're working remotely. So they're in their house and... Uh, she started off by going, yeah, um, I've got someone else's dogs running around here. Um, I, I was like, what? Why, why are you telling me this? And whose dogs? And why, why are we starting with questions about you? This, this shouldn't be the way things are working. But um, she, there were dogs running around that were distracting her. She didn't have the paperwork in front of her. So she's sifting through all the whole of papers, like going, it's in here somewhere. Like she'd not read it either. Um <laughs> which is again quite frustrating um and so we're waiting for her to read the paperwork and i'm just thinking i just end up feeling really sorry for her just going i think you're the one that needs support more than we do (laughs) (laughs) you know i uh, like i say i'm not that have you ever heard of hanlon's razor no this is this is the saying which i i love it's like never put down to malice what can be more easily attributed to incompetence um and i think you can adapt that for basically you know never put down to malice what can be more easily attributed to underfunding um or or the system being overwhelmed um and that's it you know it's very easy to assume that they're just there looking at our applications and going you'll never get support (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's not they're not they they can't even find your application they've got too much you know they don't have the support they need We're, we're we're having we're going through a significant mental health crisis in this country and yeah. and we are unfortunately saddled with a government that are not prioritizing that um yep. in any way and this is the 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 net result and it's frustrating for everyone yeah <laughs> they they most of the people that are working in this area went into it with all of the best intentions and they went into these jobs because they wanted to help so they must be equally as frustrated as we are that they can't and that their hands are tied yeah absolutely yeah um, I've just thrown away a bit of paper that I needed. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a fit of drama. 
let's let's assume that you've done everything you need to do, right? And yep. that your application is successful and everyone celebrates. And that's amazing. As we did with Jay when he got his autism diagnosis, like we're not going mad. Amazing. Like, yes, our, our suspicions uh, have been recognised. And then you look around and then we looked at Otto. <laughs> and went, oh, fuck. <laughs> got to do <laughs> it all over again. <laughs> For another child. Oh, really? And also, again, completely different. Completely different behaviors yeah. completely different presentation um of their condition so you've got to do it's not like you can copy and paste it and go yeah ditto for this one as well it's <laughs> same diagnosis completely different set of circumstances so you've got to do that all over again um yeah. and and uh the very often that is the case right and, and you know uh, we we've done all of that with otto and this is the time where tam and i are now looking at india and going yeah. I think I think there's probably some in there as well. So we have now have <laughs> the the third one going through the process of just knowing and, and I, I don't know how much of that sort of reticence was well firstly because India presents very, very differently from the boys. Um yeah. but also I think part of it is we don't we just didn't really want to believe it because yeah. um like I don't think India needs any uh, as much support as the boys in that sense uh, and hopefully not but um but I think there was definitely a reluctance to end to open this whole Pandora's box of admin again and oh, and launch ourselves back yeah. into it. But we are so so we started the uh the autism assessment process with india and she's now 211th on a list i don't know which list <laughs> we, st we st started it at 211 have you had so when we first um referred elise for uh, autism diagnosis mm -hmm. her referral was rejected so that was sent back to us saying no we don't we don't think she is okay so we had to do the whole thing all over again because I knew. And you just have, you basically have to put like a better business case together. I'm like, nothing's changed. <laughs> I love the fact that you describe it as a business case. That's absolutely, <laughs> it's like Dragon's Den, That's isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say to everybody. They're like, what do I, I've got a friend going through it for her daughter at the moment. And she's like, what do I need to put in the first set of forms that she's got for the, the GP has sent it off and then they've got these forms back. And she's like, it's just the initial forms. I assume I don't need to put too much in. And I'm like, oh, dude, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dude. <laughs> These are the words of someone who has not done this before. Let you me put tell everything you, in. You put it all in. Um, and um, yeah, because we we got it back and then had to do it again. And you just need to like find extra evidence. And you're like, when they first start talking about evidence, you're like, what do you mean evidence? Like what's evidence? And yeah, basically but now yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. So, so Tam and I did this. We logged our kids behavior from very uh, everything that was represented that everything that seemed neurodivergent we would log it we had a, this uh, like a word document and be like you know on this day this happened um oh, which again is is it's horrible it's fucking horrible to think that you're like telling tales on your kids do you know yeah. what i mean or that you're logging you're logging all the worst bits about them because you don't put like you know uh, today we had a really fun game of like leapfrog or whatever it was you don't put all that shit on there it's no. only the negative stuff and it feels horrible but when the time comes and they say have you got evidence you go yeah. fucking have it it's all there <laughs> you can do the admin now good luck um, well, I, yeah i had a google doc that i just used to like chuck stuff in yeah. all of the time anytime i could think of something um 
And that's when it just became overwhelmingly obvious to me because I saw it all down on one yeah, bit of Yeah, because you miss these moments when they sort of build up and you move past them and then you look back at it and go, yeah, you know, actually, well, if I... I don't know if you had the same thing, but, you know, we had so many people being like, oh, no, she's fine. Firstly, I know she's fine. She's just autistic, but, <laughs> like... You know, you just and she was our like first child, so I just thought, oh, maybe, maybe this is just what everyone's. You yeah, know, you just yeah, yeah. Convince yourself, and then I read this document, and I'm like, she, I forgot she used to do this. She used to bang her head against the cot bars over and over again to fall asleep. Really? Oh, like that's how she used to go to sleep. To fall asleep, like quite violently. You know, when mm. she was like when she first started being able to roll over, bang, bang. We used to. I remember. I think I was like having a phone call with a friend or something outside her room, like trying to be quiet. And she was like, what's that noise? And I was like, oh, that's just Elise whacking her head against the cop bars. And like, it might, that was just normal because that's all we'd ever known. But then when you like, you know, that was one thing. And when you've got all of these sort of quite yeah. bizarre traits when you yeah, think yeah. about a neurotypical child, you're like, oh yeah, that yeah. is quite yeah. obvious. <laughs> we have been through the life of an application. What we probably haven't acknowledged is that 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 is one application for one oh, yeah. level of support. You could uh, do, so I just did a, a very list, a list, just a brief list of the kinds of support that that you might apply for. It's ASC diagnosis, ADHD diagnosis, DLA application, EHCP application, the local wellbeing service, local family intervention services, blue badge parking if you choose to apply for that, occupational therapy, play therapy, counselling, sleep clinic admin. Um, this, this, this all start, I mean, it's fantastic that there are services out there, but there's not enough of them as in, as in, as in, you know, there's, there's too much demand for the supply of of these, of these services. And every single one of those ones I've just mentioned, you have to follow the process that I outlined for the life of an application for every one. Now, what that means is that you are juggling multiple different uh, applications at the same time. Because you like yeah. you, you might be doing an ASC diagnosis and an EHCP application and something from your local wellbeing service and your family intervention services, and you're like trying to juggle all of these different things and making sure that you know which phase of the process that is and who you're talking to and who is now your sworn enemy and like all. Of, you've got to, <laughs> basically, you've got you've got to really you've got to keep on top of it, and it's an absolute head fuck. It, yeah. Oh my gosh. It it a hundred percent is. And like you said right at the beginning, this is just like this is actually this application thing is actually only one part of the additional admin we have, um, on top of just the regular admin that we yeah. weren't even going to mention. Like it is, yeah, a lot. Tam once received a text that said, "You have an appointment at this place on this date at this time," and that was it. It was a text. No more information. <laughs> right? Right? It's like it's like a bag drop for a spy network. Meet me behind the bus station. I'll be wearing a black hat. Um, it's it's bizarre. So Tammy's trying to work out which child it could it could be for for Tam as well. I mean Tam's Tam's trying to be going. Could be could be for anyone of our family. Let's face it. Um, and so it, it's because they, they just assume that you're just doing one just one application for one. Yeah person no no we've got a lot and that you're gonna remember sp- all of it yeah we're spinning a lot of fucking plates right now guys give me a little bit more information please <sighs> well i got a letter um once from a service that i'd never heard of before saying thank you for the referral for your daughter but we feel like they would be most suitable to go 
um, to CAMS. So we've referred them to CAMS. And I was like, what is this referral about? <laughs> like, I have, I mean, I have no recollection of it. Yeah, but thanks very much. Now we're with CAMS for, for what I don't know. Um, and I, I don't think I ever actually got to the bottom of that, to be honest, and I couldn't really be bothered with the headache. So I just, <laughs> she's with CAMS for some reason. I said I haven't had anything to do with them. She's on a list, one of the lists. Yeah. Just don't know what <laughs> Congratulations. In about 12 years time, you might actually hear back from CAMS. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once you actually receive the support, right, your, your application has been successful. Congratulations. But this is not a cause for celebration because once you have that support in place, there is more admin on top of that. Right? <laughs> it's not just like, right, that is it. My work here is done. My child is now going to be cared for by the system. No, that is not how it works. What <laughs> You fight so hard to get an EHCP, right? You then receive that EHCP, which is obviously you need to then go, yeah, yeah you need to, yeah, you need to change this. And this isn't quite right. <laughs> and, you know, so you fight for that. You fight for the sort of modifications so that it actually fits your child. Um, and then you have to follow up the school to check that they're implementing the stuff that you've put in the ECP, to check that they're doing what they are legally required to do, which again is a it's a <laughs> it's a big old job, isn't yep. it? So that that's one of them. There's also the training. <laughs> have you been on lots of Zoom training courses and workshops? Oh, I started and... off being really enthusiastic yeah, about this, yeah. and I quickly learned that I just couldn't be bothered to because so, you know right. they try and sort of it's not fob you off because i'm sure it it's if you haven't done the research that's quite useful yeah because they do that and then present it to you but i've already done that stuff but i have to do I it mean, to tick the box googled it and figured out <laughs> the basic strategies and then i don't yeah. know i don't know so you've got to then do that and obviously i've got a day job i took a whole day off to do a course that i'd been referred to because i wanted to show that i'd done that do you know what i mean you don't want to not take the help yeah. that's given you in case they go well they're not interested in getting help I was oh, like, <laughs> all the time yeah i mean i definitely i mean i went on a parenting course guys i'm doing all that is expected of me here um <laughs> and uh i took the day off and then the next day my colleague went did you have a nice day off what do you do <laughs> I attended an online workshop about keeping family safe when one of my kids has an explosive meltdown. Uh, it was nice. I'm glad I took a day off work for it. Um, it's just what we do. The other thing that you're you're not quite there yet because um, you're not in the CAMS sort of pathway for ADHD, and that is its own Orwellian nightmare. <laughs> um the, the the admin around medication right so so otto and jay have both been prescribed medication so you go through the whole yeah. cams journey right mm -hmm. and it is an, an enormous journey to go on and it takes an enormous amount of time but eventually they'll go great we'll help you now the only help that cams offer is medication there's nothing else for that um so with otto tam just got a text message on the day right no pre-warning letter just a text message going looking forward to seeing at your uh, your meeting later and i'm like <laughs> tam's in a supermarket <laughs> drop everything i've been waiting five fucking years for this i <laughs> i'm gonna i'm going you know it's just like just like burst into otto's school like grab him by the <laughs> by the coat march him out and you know he's massively dysregulated because he gets super super anxious about well Unplanned events, he gets yeah. super dysregulated by, and particularly uh, leaving school 
halfway through a day or going back into school after being out. He he is beside himself with anxiety and he's in floods of tears. Yeah. But it's like, fuck it, we just got to get him there. I liken it to, it's, it's like being invited on a pub crawl with Dame Judy Dench. Right, like, you you're never getting this chance again. You've got to drop everything and just fucking do it. Just, just get there because it's not going to happen oh, again. Yeah. You've you've been waiting for this opportunity for years. Um, so so Tam had to basically leave the the shopping and the trolley in the supermarket and leg it. Uh, and you know, and we we did it. We got the diagnosis, and that's fine. Um, and they were put on the medication route. And and when you go on the medication route, that in itself is torturously long because you have to go to monthly titration meetings where they basically give you the smallest I amount know. of medication and then go, see how you get on. Um, and then they come back, any change? Well, what do you think? I mean, <laughs> look at him. <laughs> what do you reckon? He's, <laughs> he's like literally bouncing off the walls. Yeah, you tell me, any change? Um, the first meeting that Tam had, they were like, well, they've both been referred for medication. So bring them both at the same time, right? It's a two hour meeting with two kids with with ADHD oh. and oh. they ignore the kid. The kids are not really part of it. I don't know why they said bring the kids along, right? Unless they were just, <laughs> just to call us out to see if they actually were. Um, so yeah. Tammy's going through this process for two hours, answering all of the questions. Um, the, the kids are beside themselves. They're, they're like literally climbing the walls. At, at one point, the guy doing the assessment asked Tam to take them for a walk to give him a break. <laughs> It's like, this is my daily life, mate. You don't get out of it that easily. <laughs> you can sit and fucking deal with this. You brought us here. <laughs> this was your idea. Yeah, exactly. What were you thinking? Strap in, dude. This is two hours of your life. I get it. At least eight hours a day. Mostly longer. Um... <laughs> So every prescription that we get every month, we have to come back and go, and they have to take their they have to take their blood pressure and their weight, right? And wow. they also then have to ask sort of anecdotally how they're doing on the medications and stuff, right? Which you would imagine would be one meeting. <laughs> no, 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 two separate meetings, guys. Let, yeah, <laughs> we can't do this at the same time. That would be madness. What we need to do is get you to disrupt your child's education twice a month. Ah, oh. oh, and. <laughs> And it's hard. I hate which I hate goes it. on the attendance record. Which goes on the attendance record. But I, to be honest, I don't <laughs> give a shit about any of that now. Don't judge my child based on their attendance, man. You're, you're looking in the wrong places. Um, <laughs> but yes, it, it, it's yes, it's all all of that disruption. But also time I have to take out of work to go and do it, or time that Tam has to take out of work exactly. to do it. These little, you know, it's like oh, it's only a half an hour session. Yeah, but it's not because I've got to get there and I've got to. Yeah. You know, and I've got to talk Otto down when he's uh, massively dysregulated. And then I've got to, you know, um, get him back in school. And then I have to have a coffee and just think about my life for a little bit before going back to work. Um, you know, and this is twice a month at the moment. It's insane. And then the the other joy about ADHD medication uh, is that you have to find a pharmacy that stocks the medication that oh, you have, yes. right? Which is you know, fun at the best of times. But at the moment, there is a shortage in the UK of ADHD medication. Do you, I don't know if you know about yeah. that, Jess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So at the moment, we're phoning around pharmacists like fucking crackheads. <laughs> Just going, what have you got? What have you got for me? 
You know, have you got any methylphenidate? <laughs> Don't lie to me. I know you got it right there. <laughs> I've been through your bins. You've got meth. It's like, oh man, it's the shame of it. It's, it's the furtiveness of just like, I'm trying to help my kids, guys. <laughs> I'm just trying to help everyone here. And I'm trying to help me in the process. I know. Because I can't take it anymore. <sighs> yeah. There is the unspoken thing as well of, of fighting for the, all the support that you can get for your kid. And then you eventually get that support. And you feel great about it. Then you have the problem of trying to get your kid to accept that support. Have you, have you, <laughs> have you had that, Jess? Oh, yes, I have had that. <laughs> the number of... You don't think about this when you go into it, do you? No. That's not like, well, for me, it wasn't on my radar. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, I have it all the time and it's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, uh, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, we've been through many, many different versions of this one. Um, Jay's was with melatonin. We, I mean, we, we fought so hard. When I say we, Tam everything when I say we it's pretty much always Tam um fought so hard to get melatonin uh for the boys because they just were not able to sleep and we read that melatonin helped a lot and you have to do a sleep clinic I don't know if you've had this if anyone listening has had this but the amount of information you have to provide for these sleep clinics is is insane and you have the one of the things you have to do is take all stimulation out of their room (laughs) it's like so it's just a bed (laughs) like a prison oh, um and and you've got to keep food logs of everything that they eat and every everything that happens for the whole day every 30 minutes like you know they're going to read through that and go hang on a second that four pack of red bull you gave them just before bedtime uh but, <laughs> i think i've spotted the problem guys it's back to that parenting course again isn't it? it's like i know the basics come on give me some fucking credit um <laughs> and the amount of effort it took to get prescribed melatonin it was huge and then it's like finally we've got melatonin fantastic and we gave it to jay and he tasted it he went ah it's too chalky no i'm not eating it and it's like oh do you have any idea of the amount of effort it's taken obviously he doesn't and also even if he did he wouldn't care because it's too chalky and that is the only thing that matters to him so we tried crushing it up and putting it in yogurt he could taste it his taste buds are amazing if oh, <laughs> if he is not Jesus. a two food taster when he gets older he's missing a trick because he's incredible you know he can spot individual herbs in a ragu he's incredible um so he could definitely taste melatonin in a, in a suspicious yogurt <laughs> well, we we don't have it for melatonin. I mean, I would never go down that route. I I could never go down the ADHD medication route either mm-hmm. because Elise, for her entire short life, um, has so far never taken any medication. Mm-hmm. She won't, can't, cowpole. Right. I used to get so frustrated when all my friends and everyone used to be like, "Oh, kids love cowpole. We'll get the cowpole <laughs> out." Like she will not take cowpole. Um, nothing. Absolutely no medication. Antibiotics. Absolute nightmare. So she has um, ear problems. She used to get ear infections all the time. So we'd have to get antibiotics, but she'd never take them. So she wouldn't take the liquid form. So then they started kind of um, suggesting, you know, put them in smoothies, put them in like juice, put them in this, put them in that. And I was like, she can, I mean, first of all, you could taste antibiotics. That's not even like a subtle flavor. (laughs) But even like a more subtle thing, there's absolutely no way. We used to then get this little, um, well, we still do. 
they do um, capsules and you can open up the powder on yeah, the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we used to try and mix that into smoothies. I mean, it's like, you can't really taste it. <sighs> mix it into smoothies or ice cream because that's like her favorite thing. I mean, she would pick it out from anything. Yeah, it's amazing. We just, it? It, it's unbelievable. So yeah, we, I mean, I, I know that's one fight I'm just not even going to bother with when it comes to medication or melatonin. So, um, so even even when you get the support that you need, uh, yeah. you, you, that's not a guarantee that it's going to actually help. Otto, it, it was it was <laughs> Otto was different um, in that we actually got um, some some support for him from a local wellbeing service because we were really worried about his anxiety and his um, his kind of self care and uh, yeah. the, the, we've spent a lot of time fighting um, for the local wellbeing service to kind of do some sessions with him and we got 13 sessions and again it's like 13 half an hour sessions again so it's like half an hour out of school cue yeah. the anxiety from Otto's point of view so we've got 13 sessions to help with his anxiety and he was not on board with them at all um to the point that he was so fucking rude it was it was like otto is so sweet he's such a sweet boy and he's so polite normally but with this person who was trying to help him he was an asshole (laughs) at one point she's trying to help him articulate his emotions it's definitely something that he needs help with and um she was going through this massive pack of emotion cards and going can you tell me what emotions you're feeling at the moment and i wrote them down these are the emotions he picked out of all of the emotions that he could have gone for he chose bored frustrated angry hate and annoyed (laughs) and and bless her the woman was trying so hard to get him to kind of engage with it and she was like okay well well otto um can you tell me what gives you feelings of happiness and he went not doing this (laughs) and i'm mortified because i'm sort of listening in and i I can't, I don't want to intervene because that's not my place, right? It's a, it's over to her. She's the expert, right? And and normally I'd be like, don't be rude, like come on. Um, but I just have to sit there and let him do it, and it, it's 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 mortifying just knowing, just knowing this isn't helping anyone. It's certainly not helping the professional, is it? <laughs> well, that reminds me. I'd forgotten actually that when Elise was quite small before she started school, um, we paid for some private speech and language therapy because speech and language therapists like on the NHS are just, they can do the assessments, but they have no time to actually do any therapy. It's completely impossible to get one. So we paid for some private therapy. And uh, this was in, it's hilarious actually. It was when we had, when like the proper COVID times. So this poor guy used to come with a mask, but because, um, you know, you need to be able to see someone's lips when they're doing speech therapy. Mm -hmm. It was like this bizarre see-through clear plastic oh, mask yeah, yeah. like it was so funny he looked I mean yeah like he was from another planet um and he was so nice and he was really good but at least just wasn't interested in speech and language oh. therapy so he used to come and he'd sit down and he'd bring all these toys and he'd bring like these cards and she might do it for like five minutes but obviously we've paid for like a 45 minute session and um, she didn't have a lot of words at this stage so she used to go to the front door pick up his shoes and bring them and just put them down next to him <laughs> You out now. I got three new words. <laughs> yeah. After a couple of sessions, I was like, I don't think this is working. Oh, no, it's horrible. Uh, yeah, it is that that moment when you have to sort of when you leave them and you're just like, I'm really sorry. 
thank you for trying. I did that. Like <laughs> yeah. with, with the one that like Otto was just so rude to. I was like, thank you for trying. You know, we both we both know this has not gone as, as expected. <laughs> None of us have got what we wanted out of this. Uh, but thank you for trying. <laughs> so talking about going private, because that's that one of the things you think, OK, well, go, going private, that will help won't it i mean like that will that will cut down the admin because surely it's just a bit it's a bit easier right no it's not because firstly well firstly you got to find the money right that's <laughs> pro- usually work some extra hours just to get hold of some money because we had to do this for otto who we, we you know we didn't want to wait three years he was desperately in need of some kind of support you know uh, earlier on than Jay so we had to find the money and then you've got to do all the research to find a provider that follows the nice guidelines right because the reason is that you, you get some private professionals involved to give you um a sort of an assessment and obviously the the end goal is that your local authority will then accept that and give them the support they need based on the word of these professionals so you have to find professionals that the local authority are going to accept the word of and they've got a list of people that they go, yeah, yeah, we'll 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 take we'll take these people's recommendations. That's fine, but they have to follow the nice guidelines. So you do shitloads of research there to find the people that do it, right? Uh, and you find one, and they go, yeah, we got a waiting list that's as long as cams. So, <laughs> so yes! you might as well just stick with cams. Uh, so that, we, I'm not shitting you. At one point, we got on a waiting list to be put on a waiting list for one private. <laughs> A private practitioner. It's like, this is absolutely insane. And then you go through it and and it was definitely worth doing. It was a really good holistic view. At least they did autism and ADHD at the same time. Um, so we didn't have to do both pathways. Yes. But once a diagnosis is received... Then you have to get it accepted by the agencies that you're looking to help from, right? You're looking for help from. And um, they never accept them at face value, right? So so CAMS in particular I, uh, um, will say, yes, we, we take recommendations from this provider. And then sometimes they go, nah, not this one, not this time. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. Depends on which way the wind is blowing. And then they go, no, you've got to now apply for CAMS. It's like, I've just wasted all of that. <sighs> uh, <laughs> You know, and then, so and that's when you the next kind of level uh, where you end up appealing. You've been through appeals with the lease, right? I have, yeah, for her EHCP. So, the when I first applied for an EHC needs assessment, which is the bit that you have to apply for to get them assessed to then maybe get the plan, um, that was rejected first of all, and so I appealed that which I was lucky it never actually went to appeal. They overturned mm-hmm. it like a few weeks, okay. as they do, I think, with quite a lot before it gets there. But you have to basically tool up, don't you? You have to be like, right, I am prepared for this fight. Yeah. Are you prepared? Oh, yeah. Are you tooled up? Because <laughs> this uh, is going to get ugly. <laughs> I'm going to meet you in a car park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's well, that, isn't it? It's like, I am prepared for a battle. Are you prepared for a battle? No one, like, because they're not, yeah. generally. Um, But it's no. it's but that in itself, that just to get to that point as parents is exhausting and frightening because it's legal shit it's you know you're seeking legal advice you're getting an ombudsman involved to hold people to account for stuff that your child is uh, legally and morally entitled to it's support that they should be getting and then you have to bring out the lawyers and the big guns and it's like it's it's horrible and scary and and that that's not really discussed enough i think in the no because i don't understand legalese i don't understand all of this stuff um but you have to pretend you do 
it's probably the part of the system that frustrates me the most because I was like prepared for it in my head it was just part of the process Mm -hmm. I kind of knew it was going to get rejected because loads of people get rejected and I just viewed that rejection as like another step yes I didn't really feel like it was a step back I just felt like it was a step I felt like the next part of the process was appeal we went to appeal etc whereas for a lot of people I think they don't really realize that's what happens so like a rejection like floors them yeah and the thought of an appeal just feels like this like you said this huge big deal it's like a legal process they don't understand it they're out of their depth so a lot of people I think don't go through the process but like I everyone should because if you're at the point where you're applying for an EHCP like you said like you don't do this for the fun of it you don't do this because (laughs) you just want to like frame it and put it on your wall you do this because you've reached a point where you know how much your child needs something different to what the education system is Mm -hmm. giving them now one thing that tam found incredibly useful i i don't know have you ever heard of send family instincts no it is amazing so so there is a a, a neurodivergent parent and a parent of neurodivergence uh called jess kane who's uh on instagram and i'll put the link for this in the in the things but but she became so frustrated with the system and how and how scary it was and how intimidating and daunting it was that she has set up a service to help people through this process and the resources available are amazing there's like template letters that you can fill out and like you can subscribe to their service basically for the the duration and they are like offer 365 day support if you need it I won't say 24 hours because that would be absurd, but but there's always someone available to help you through this process and to help you kind of decipher the jargon and, and that kind of thing. Um, so uh, Tam subscribed to it and got loads of really good help. Like, we've been rejected. Now what do we do? And the letter, yeah. <laughs> the letter, the letter that we kind of sent was like, it was amazing. The way that it was written, it was like... Um, under Regulation 5.1 of the Send Disability Regulations 2014, you are required to notify me within six weeks of receiving this request. You are in breach of this legal duty on the grounds that more than six weeks has passed. That's the kind of shit you need. You do. Right, so That's that people exactly are just like, oh, oh God, they've got, they've got support. They know what they're doing. You so need then, to speak their language, yeah, otherwise with, no one listens to you. Yeah, and within 24 hours, Tam got a response of sending that. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's speaking their language. So... I can't recommend send family in six. If you're going through this and you're feeling kind of overwhelmed and a bit bewildered by it, uh, then check it out because it is something that we've used and has been super helpful. Now, just some blanket frustrations that, that I just wanted to make sure were aired. One of the frustrations is that forms are in so many different formats. Right, there's not one format. There's like could be PDF, could be a web form. Could they sometimes need it handwritten? Sometimes it's in Word. I wouldn't be surprised if Semaphore is is recommended at some point. <laughs> it's like, it, it, can we all agree? Can we just do it on you know just a web form? Then we can do that. Yeah. Uh, or and and also crucially, if I submit something and you need me to tweak it, then then I can then log into the same web form and tweak the things that you flagged. I mean, this this exists. Oh, this technology exists. Okay, it definitely exists yep. out there. Can we just sort of bring things up to date a little bit instead of having so many different <laughs> ways of doing things? Because the, the frustration is that you have to fill out very similar information for every form, but it's never the same. It's never in the yeah. same format. So you can't just copy and paste. Oh, I did this for them. So I'll just copy and paste it. Every single one <laughs> is a new adventure. So yeah, that that's one thing that would definitely help things. Um, 
and then the other thing is that um that the process very often takes so long <laughs> and we've had this before that the process takes so long that when you actually finally get support they go congratulations you know you've made it to the top of the list wicked i've made it to the top of the list that's amazing however it's been so long since you last submitted your form that we need you to resubmit it because your child may have changed beyond all recognition. <laughs> have you had that one? Yes. <laughs> it's like, are you shitting me? <laughs> I thought this was it. I thought I'd made it to the end of level boss. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so true. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was one time, that, that was when Tam actually snapped. Tam just lost it. Like I'd never seen Tam like this before. But they were just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I've been asked to resubmit something that I've already submitted, and I can't. I just need you to just do this form for me, please. Just do this form. I don't normally ask you. Just do this one form for me. And I was just like, Yeah, fine. I got it. <laughs> no problem. I'll do it this evening. So I sat down in front of the TV, got my laptop out, and within an hour, I was sobbing. I was like, I can't. I can't, I don't know, what, to, what do I put? I don't, I've already answered this question in a slightly different way. I can't put the same thing. For God's sake, I was like, it took me well over four hours to do to do that one thing. Uh, and I also I had the original as well. So I could have copied and, co it, <laughs> I could have copied and pasted some of it. And I think I did, but even, it is, it is a fucking nightmare and people need to know this. And I'm hoping that by us talking about this, it's certainly been therapeutic for, for me. Oh my I'm gosh. I'm hoping it's been therapeutic so for you. So therapeutic. <laughs> and I, I'm really hoping that people listen, because I don't know, like we're, you know, we're quite far into this recording <laughs> and it's, it's basically two people moaning about shit that is really dull and really tedious. So I don't know what kind of episode this, gonna, is, this is going to be, <laughs> or if people are going to enjoy listening to it, or if they're just going to turn it off halfway through because it's <laughs> massively triggering for them. Probably a bit of all of that, um, but I feel like I feel like we've kind of at least got a lot off our chest. Oh yes, I feel much better, <laughs> much lighter. Yeah. So yeah. So the final thing is just to kind of to put the admin to bed. I just want to do a shout out to any parents of neurodivergent kids who's going through this because. You're not alone. I think that's the important thing to realise. We're all going through this and it is a fucking absolute horror show. But um, you are amazing for doing it. Keep it up. Keep up the fight. It's not all rubbish. So that hopefully we're going to look on the positive side a little bit now. We've been talking about frustrating things for for quite a long time now. This is the more positive <laughs> side uh, of the podcast. And first up, we're going to be looking at neurodiversity champions. Um, I mean, one of the neurodiversity champions I've already mentioned, obviously, uh, is Send Family Instincts. Um, I'll put the details of that in the show notes, but they are uh, ex excellent specifically for the kind of admin support side of things. Um, do you have any neurodiversity champions? Sure, I do. Um, I, full disclosure, so I'm an advisor for a company, but I think what they're doing is really amazing. Um, mm -hmm. They are, they're called Hebe, and they have, mm -hmm. uh, they're basically have built an app for parents of children with additional needs, disabled children, um, or children with kind of conditions to support parents to manage their care. 
So okay. it's it's like a centralized hub almost where you can go and it's really useful and topical when you're talking thinking about Does admin. Does it make admin easier? Well, you can go and you can like <laughs> upload all of the documents. So oh, one yeah. of my issues is I never know where to find all of the stuff. Yeah, that yeah, I've yeah. Got, yeah. All of the latest DLA stuff or like, you know, the assessment forms or whatever it might be. And you can upload all of your documents in it. You can put appointments in there. So obviously you can use your own calendar for appointments. But if there's somewhere you want to go just to check those kind of things, you can um, kind of add how your child is day to day. So you can monitor kind of their behavior. You oh, can so you're logging. It's a logging app as well. Then. Logging everything. Yeah, oh, you can log medication, whether they take it, when they need to take it. And there's also like a resource hub. So they've got loads of resources on lots of lots of different parts. So, you know, like supporting your child, supporting you as the parent carer, how to navigate the EHCP process, how to get the right education, loads of stuff. It's really good. Um, it's and they're Hebe. How do we Hebe, spell that? H- H-I-B-I. Okay. Yeah, really good. Really, I I, I use it. I think it's really helpful. I and definitely it, check yeah, that out. It's really cool. Excellent. I think also I, I want to mention your organization, Differing Minds, because that you, oh, you're literally neurodiversity champions. You're championing <laughs> neurodiversity in the most wonderful and positive way that there is. Of, of like, actually, you know, once when, when our kids are not kids... They're going to be grown-ups. And what they're going to do, you know, it's a concern of everyone. What, what are our kids yeah. going to do when they're grown-up? Well, you know, I don't want them to just be ticking someone's diversity box. I want them yeah, to thrive exactly. and I want them to help a company thrive. And if you can appeal to businesses just on the bottom line, they're going to earn you more money because they're doing stuff that better yeah. than other people can. I mean, that's incredible. So Exactly. Tell us a little bit more about what you what you do. We have a variety of services, but at the moment, most of it is talks and training sessions for mm-hmm. employees in organisations. So we do sort of general awareness raising so people understand what it's all about and that it's not a scary topic. And actually, it's a really good thing that we all think differently. And like you said, it can improve an organisation's bottom line, productivity, efficiency, all of that good stuff. Um, and we also do kind of consulting, coaching assessments and things like that so in general we're just improving trying to improve employment opportunities for neurodivergent people and also improving or the reason I set it up was because I feel like I've been enlightened by learning more about my daughter and by learning more about Mm -hmm. neurodiversity and I want everyone to experience that because I think it makes us all better people yeah absolutely absolutely um so uh differingminds.co.uk uh, again, I'll put the link in there. And you've got a YouTube channel as well, haven't you? We do, yeah. That'll all go in the show notes. Awesome. Tiny Epic Wins. Okay, so um, we'll get on to Tiny Epic Wins because uh, it's uh, it's always good to celebrate the little things, or little to other other families, but pretty massive in our households. Have you got any Tiny Epic Wins? Oh, let me think. Yeah, lots. I mean, they happen, don't they, all the time and you don't really even think about them um, yeah. or you don't register. But I think... Yeah. That's kind of why I wanted this section so that people could go, oh yeah, that is a win. I'm taking yeah. that as a win. Well, I mean, what, one one for us would be, we've got ourselves in this situation where um, Elise has an ice cream after school every day. 
So uh-huh. uh, today, as you will be aware, was an extremely cold day. Yes, um, it was. But she, <laughs> she will have an ice cream even on a day like today because ice cream is is one of her safe foods. I think it's like um, sensory-wise, it's yeah, really good absolutely. for her, really regulates her. So we have gone past the point of worrying about how many ice creams she's eating and it's absolutely <laughs> no longer a treat. It's just part of her regular daily diet. So if we have a day where she doesn't have one, she doesn't feel like she needs one or she says no or she doesn't ask for one. I mean, that is a huge win for us (laughs) because we can like see a world where it's not, you know, ice cream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. And it's a a sign that she's doing all right. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't need the extra regulation from... Yeah, that's wicked. Frozen goods. Yeah, I'll take that. It's definitely a tiny win. Um... We had it. We had a, a, a tiny win. Um, it, this, I mean, Jay has been super dysregulated at the moment. He's going through a really rough time at the moment, and we all are by extension. Um, yeah. And and he's not really wanting to do much. Um, and obviously, it's important. You know, we will need him to socialise and just experience other things. Uh, so so. Tam booked him onto a Dungeons and Dragons session for kids after school and he was resistant, but he went, I don't quite know how Tam managed to talk, talk him into it. Actually, <laughs> they did an amazing job. Uh, so again, very low demand. It was like, well, let's just go and have a look. You know the place. So we'll go and have a look and see what it's like. And he went there and he sat down for his first ever Dungeons and Dragons session and he loved it. Oh, and wow. it, it was like oh, such a relief because he's been so sort of negative about so much stuff at the moment. And yeah. he's sort of, I think school is dysregulating him a lot. So he's lost the, the spark in his eyes that he usually has this glint in his eye when he talks about something exciting and he'd lost that but then he came back from that and I was like tell me about your character Jay and he just came alive again I was like oh we got him back for a little bit oh, that's, that's good. so nice uh and so he's got he's agreed that he's going to go every other week and that's like that 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 is a massive win for us because he's been in a bit of a low place and um yeah so so that was really nice to see so I feel really good about that oh you should do that is really good what the flip so the what the flip section, if you haven't heard this before, is is those sections that your your neurodivergent child will say or do something that will baffle you beyond all measure, and you just go, um, and you know this this is the place to share that kind of thing. I don't know if you had any what the flip moments recently, Jess. Oh, I've had so many, but I just can't think of anything of relevance <laughs> to be honest. That's fine. I think I've it's got just... plenty. Blended into too much of my life to become like Yeah, my life thing. is a whole what the it's flip moment. It's just always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so one that Jay came up with recently. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember what the context was, but he just went, I need to rest my feet. I've been running around in celebration and fear all day. <laughs> <laughs> celebration and fear. Okay. They're two very different emotions, but okay. You rest your feet. You rest up, Jay. Um, another one he said, which, um, I overheard it wasn't actually aimed at me. (laughs) He went, mummy, you are the heart of the family because you bring life and love. Daddy is the gallbladder because he brings bile. (laughs) It's like, whoa, dude. (laughs) Brutal, brutal. (laughs) I mean, you know, medically it's absolutely spot on. I mean, you can't argue with that, but oh, the sentiment so is, 
pretty pretty hurtful though <laughs> <laughs> like i say he's been going through a pretty rough time at the moment so he's been quite negative and what Another one he said, we were in a park, he went, I want to find the cutest, most adorable squirrel and snap it like a twig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh. <laughs> yep. Oh, um, didn't see that one coming. And then the final one, which is slightly more upbeat, he went, when there is a dog rebellion, this is where it's going to start. <laughs> When, not if there is a dog rebellion, when there is a dog rebellion, because we all know it's on the cards. <laughs> this is where it's starting. <laughs> uh, my guess is that Jay's going to be on the side of the dogs. And that's it for that's it for the show. Thank you for 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 listening to the show. Um, if you've made it this far, c- congratulations! It feels like an achievement in itself. <laughs> it's, it's been a lot we've had to get off our chest. Um, so yes, thank you to the audience for listening. Jess, thank you so much. For for coming on and sharing your neuroshambolic household and your life with us. Um, what I would say as well is the usual stuff to listeners. Um, please uh, spread the word about the podcast. It's um, starting to pick up traction. We got some people listening to it in Kenya, so, so, so something's working. Hi, Kenya. Um, but if what what I would ask you to do, my, my ask for this pod is if you could possibly leave a star rating for it, that'd be really good because we've only got a few. We've got loads of people listening on, on Apple Podcasts and not many star ratings. So uh, and it's not easy to, fi- uh, to find the where you do the star ratings. You've got to scroll past all the episodes and uh, like it's just below the trailer. If you want to if you want to give it a star rating, obviously, if you want to give it five stars, that'd be amazing. If you don't want to give it five stars, it's probably too much effort. Don't bother. Um, but if you could, that'd be great and spread the word. Uh, other than that, we're on Facebook and Instagram and Reddit and threads. So, uh, so check us out there. If you've got anything you want to ask us, um, or any topics you want to suggest, then email us at hello at neuroshambles.com and we'll see what we can do. Other than that, all that remains for me to say is have a nice life. <laughs> <laughs>